The missing piece of the final puzzle is inspired by Matthew 18 when the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the last one. I want you to realize that God's purpose for your life is just like a puzzle. The more pieces you put together, the more you see the truth of God's plan. And let me tell you something, because if I can be real, you are the one missing piece, the chosen one that Jesus pursued the same way to complete his final puzzle. And until he finds you and bring you back where you belong, the puzzle will stay incomplete and Jesus promised to us remain unfinished. Hey, listen, I just want you to use this podcast as a guide to make yourself fully available to him, share your faith with other athletes, and proclaim that each and every single one of us is part of something greater. So here we go. Welcome. And let's just talk on the missing piece of the final puzzle. Okay, welcome back, guys. Here we are. One of the things that Leslie say all the time, and is actually what stuck with me the first time I met you, and we did not even talk to each other, but Matt and Leslie came to a FCA night, and you guys spoke to us, and you say, and I quote, your past does not define who you are. There is beauty in sharing your story of who you used to be back then and who you are today. I really want you to explain that to other people, but also your favorite scripture that aligned with it. It is a beautiful scripture, and I didn't even know it was in the Bible, and it helps me a lot. It's pretty dope. So if you could just share it with us. Absolutely. So I would say the beginning part of that, like your your past doesn't define who you are now. I think that I, where I get that is from in Ephesians 2. And so if you guys have your Bibles, do you have access to a Bible? I mean, I highly encourage you to, to read that, Ephesians chapter 2. And so it's a letter that Paul wrote. And it just does a beautiful job of explaining that where where I got that. All right. Mm-hmm. And so because what what it says is like, look, we're all born into sin. And so in 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 that space of brokenness, we're we've all done things that we don't love. And and then what happens is is when we do things that we're not proud of, then we feel unqualified and feel sidelined and feel shame right. and guilt and unworthiness and not enoughness and all of those things. And so oftentimes um, when when we identify with that and especially identify, I think shame is such a layered and, and sad word, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so oftentimes when we feel like our identity should be associated with shame, we don't have the courage to even speak up for Jesus, right? And then as we get into Ephesians 2, we see like, oh, we were all this way. We were all this way. And then it says the, one of the coolest things in scripture, but God. And so because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, we can confidently say that our past doesn't define us. Jesus Christ defines us. And the righteousness that we receive as a daughter of the King is what defines us. And so we should be very confident um, expressing our love of Christ, like loving others, like moving forward in, in just this boldness and this beauty of what our identity is now. And so, no, our past doesn't define us, but it can, um, give us, um, I don't know what, how I would word it. Like, I think our past, yeah, it absolutely teaches us. And, and our past absolutely gives us this capacity to love others that have been where we've been. And so like one leadership thing that I love is you can't take people where you haven't been yourself. And so I think that there's some beauty in understanding that our past, no, it doesn't define us. Jesus Christ defines us. By the blood of Jesus, I've been saved. And through Christ alone, through faith alone, by grace alone, like I'm his. And so, but we can't take people where we've never been. And so sometimes we have to jump into our past and we have to say, listen, sis, 
I've been there and everything is going to be okay. You, you, because of what Christ has done in your life, you can confidently move forward and, and, and expect beautiful things because of our, of our God. Right. And so, but my, my favorite passage of scripture, and it's been my favorite for many years. In fact, I, I told you this before, but it's in Psalm 40 and I love all of Psalm 40, but particularly the first couple verses in Psalm 40. And it says, you drew me from a miry bog, whatever that is. It basically means like a really dirty pit, a very never ending, deep, dark mm-hmm. pit. So you drew me from this pit and you placed me on a firm foundation and you gave me a new song to sing. And many are going to hear this song and glorify the Lord. And I'm paraphrasing it, but it's this beautiful picture for me of my story. And I have to believe everyone's story if they really sit with with their stuff. It's like our salvation and our rescue is through Christ alone. And we're in this pit that's such a mess and we can't get ourselves out of it. And the beginning of it, verse one says he cried out to the Lord, which is very important. And so, and that's what happened to me, like in my little green Ford Mustang, Stillwater, Oklahoma, my sophomore year, I cry out to the Lord and, and I need a rescuer. And God was so faithful to rescue me and, and pulled me from this mess that I made in my life and put me on a firm foundation, which means like, look, my salvation is secure because I received Jesus Christ. I received the rescue. I received the gift. I knew I needed it. And because our salvation's received, it's not achieved. Like I couldn't crawl myself out of that space. Like I needed Jesus to rescue me. So I take his hand. He puts me on a firm foundation. I am his girl. But then like he gives me a new song to sing. And for me, that just simply means like, let's dive into the word of God because Jesus is a rescuer first and a teacher second. And so, and that is so important. That's why it's, there's such a misconception in the Christian faith that we have to have, we have to have some knowledge and we have to clean ourselves up before we can become a believer. And that is not true. That is not what the Bible says. And so Jesus rescues first, stables us knowing that we're his daughter and we're enough and we are saved because of his work and his faithfulness alone. And then he, and then he gives us these new words and he teaches us like, this is a new way of thinking. These are new things to think about yourself. This is the new life that I have in Christ. And then many people are going to hear your story and glorify God because of the rescue that he's, that he's um, done in, in your life. And so that's why you should be confident that your past doesn't define who you are now because Jesus defines who you are now, but your past can be um, a catalyst to help someone believe that, that this could be true for them too. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I mean, that's my probably testimony too. Uh, my past was really tough. Some things I wasn't responsible for it. It was not my fault, but some things, yes, it was a result of disobedience big time. Yeah. And I would encourage people to give themselves some grace, you know, yeah. give yourself some grace, be your biggest fan. I mean, there is enough thing in the world that, w- that are trying to break you down. First of all, the enemy is here. I can't stand him, but it's okay. Don't get me started on him. But he is the first one that want to bring you down. Then you also have all those things around that want to bring you down. I mean, you have to be your biggest fan and not beating yourself up. Because if you do, then who else is going to? Yes, Jesus will pursue you. But until you don't acknowledge it yourself, he can't come and help you, you know. So there's beauty in that, definitely. And I just love that scripture now. I mean, it's one of my favorite now. Um, there's one thing that athletes, I believe, Uh, we deal a lot with is this idea of perfection because we're on platform we're put forward you know we are role models a lot of kids honestly look up to us 
Um, what would you tell athletes that deals with this idea of perfection? Yeah, I think it's a it's a projected image that is not it's it's not something that you can maintain because it's not true. Mm -hmm. And so I have a son that is 18 and he's a professional athlete. I was married to a professional athlete for a really, really long time. And all of our closest friends are professional athletes. And so that's what you're saying is very true, is that they're like culturally, like you're supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to have all the right answers. You're supposed to do all the right things. You're never supposed to screw up. You're never supposed to get sick. You're never supposed to get a cold. You're never supposed to get an injury. <laughs> like all of these things, like you're not a robot. And so I think what we have to do again is to go back even to the Ecclesiastes verse where it's like, it's all smoke. Like at the end of the day, what God's allowed you to do because the gifts that God's given you and the opportunities that he's given you is, is you get to play basketball in your case because it glorifies the Lord. And, and, and then you get to build relationships in that locker room because this is the space that God's placed you in. And I say that to Jackson and my, and my husband is the one that taught me that, to be honest with you, is like the things that are lasting and the things that have eternal impact are people. And, and, it, and like, yeah, lock it in and be prepared and do all the things that you need to do because the Bible talks about being a, being like a workman, like we're workmanship of Christ, like do things with excellence and take your job seriously. Like I'm just paraphrasing, but yeah. that's what scripture says. Like there's honor and, um, like squeezing out all the gifts that God's given you during that time. And absolutely, but just hold it loose and understand that like the career statistics and all of those things, man, that stuff smoke. Mm -hmm. But what isn't is, is how you're going to impact the people that God's trusted you with during your career. And you're not going to be perfect and, um, and, and get that one, like as, as have that be a non-negotiable in the way that you think, but man, hold it all loose because we're always, you know, there's always, <laughs> I don't know, an opportunity, I guess, to disappoint someone. If someone's looking for something, they're going to find it about you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they might, like Jackson, for example, my my 18-year-old that was just drafted, that you know what they're picking on him about is that he looks like, um, he looks like a, he's too young to play. Well, he's 18. He is. Uh -huh. He is too young to play. Yeah. But it's like, are you serious? Like all these trolls on Instagram are sitting there saying like, oh, he's he's too young. He's too young. He's too young. And my point is, is like, when you observe this stuff and you've been in this business as long as I've been in this business, people are going to find things to tear you down and say, man, you just can't go there. And you have to realize that the stuff that you accomplish is just fleeting. But what, be, challenge yourself to, to start making an eternal impact on the people that God's entrusted you with during your time playing sports is what I would say. Oh, goodness. I don't even know what to answer to that, honestly. That was really good. And I think that we have a misconception of this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and me first, I can raise my hand right here because first I thought that those gift was results of the fact that I'm a hard worker, mm -hmm. period. But at the end of the day, when I found my identity in Christ, I realized that those gifts, he can just take it mm -hmm. here and there. You know, I, had, I hit the wall when I had my injury, ACL, MCL, meniscus, femur fracture, you know, all in one time. So I can tell you after that, I literally hit a wall because I didn't know who I was after that. I thought that I was just a ball player and that was it. But I'm very grateful that this thing happened because he humbled me. It was a bad thing for a good thing. And when you talk about a new melody to sing, now I'm in that phase. And I'm just so grateful for everything that happened to me because later on, like you said, if somebody show up and tell me their struggles, guess what? I can help. 
I can have the right words to say. I can be able to touch her heart or his heart. Why? Because I've been there. So I know what it feels like. But I just think that those gifts come from him. Mm-hmm. And there is a specific reason why he blessed you with those gifts is that at the end of the day, those the sport we play is just a platform mm-hmm. to show his glory. And I want to encourage every single person to do that. And not just athletes, you know, you can just do that different ways. But that's pretty cool. And that is true. I think that, like we mentioned before, all those things, shame, perfection, condemnation. I mean, those are all tools that the enemy uses against us. You know, it comes out as different ways, but it's always the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like a pattern. You know, Mm -hmm. it looks different, but it's the same attack that he uses. I just want to ask you, I'm just curious, in your opinion, what do you think the enemy's best weapon is on us today? Um, I, th- In my opinion, it's to silence you or to silence me. Yes. And I think like the things that you mentioned are strategies to do so. Like if we believe that condemnation is from the Lord, or we believe that shame is from the Lord, or we believe that fear and doubt and and like all these things are not allowed we're not allowed to talk to god about those things and or anxiety or depression or or whatever it may be like i think that like we go back to genesis right during the fall like genesis 3 and satan says did god really say and i think that that's the beginning phrase of of all things that keep us quiet is it's like did god really say that you're um that you're fully forgiven and, and, and fully able to sing this song about me or, you know, because of your past, I don't know. I think God would rather use Susie over here that gave Mm -hmm. her life to Jesus when she was three years old. You know what I'm saying? And so I think like for me, that's why I am passionate about doing what I'm doing because I like to say, yeah, God really said that because of Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here and go share your story. Go sing your song. Go tell people about the, what Jesus has done. And so it's like the Samaritan woman, when Jesus had this interaction with her on, on the hill by getting the water, right? He's like, he's like, look, I know everything about you. Mm. And, and then she was so fired up about her encounter with Jesus and, and she saw him for who he was. And he knew, she knew that she was fully forgiven and she ran down the hill into her community, people that prior to this encounter, she avoided like at all costs. And she ran down there and she said, man, I met the guy that told me everything about me and it is him. He is the Messiah. And so I think that Satan's greatest tool is, is to keep us quiet. And, um, because when we're quiet, we, we're not productive. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, I like that. And I think that's a good word because it wraps up all the things. When you're discouraged, you're silent. Mm -hmm. When you have condemnation over your head, you're silent. You Mm -hmm. know, when you feel shame, you're silent. So I, yeah, that's one of his greatest tool I want to say. And, um, also I wanted to mention, I like to think that way. Freedom is truth, you know, and something what we do is that we make the enemy comfortable in our house. You know, he's like on our couch with a pillow and a blanket. And I just feel like you have to be willing to break all those chains and find a pattern that he's using, put a word to it and then counterattack it. Of course, with the armor of Christ, because mm-hmm. some battles we, we just can't fight it ourselves. And I just think that we forget that one part is that Jesus is 
like a kid that want to be right here with you and fight it with you. And I just think that we forget that part is that, and he also forgave us for all of our sin from before. Mm -hmm. I can't remember where it's at, but it's, I know it's in the Bible. That's what matters. And it says, um, there's already a table ready for you. And that table is ready for you in front of all your enemies, mm -hmm. you know? And I just think that's pretty important to remember. But I do want to jump to the last part. And for you guys that are listening right now, I mean, we don't just want to talk about it. We also want to provide kind of solutions or tricks to help you. So later we will speak about a healing process that's just available to all of us.